0: Please turn back to page 7 in your worship folder for our sermon text. But first I greet you with these words. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Our sermon text is from Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 through 30. This takes place during what we call Jesus' Galilean ministry. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father, for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here ends our text. You are invited. Even the word generates excitement. How many invitations have you received already this year? For our younger members, maybe it was an invitation to a birthday party for our older members. Maybe it was for a 70th, 80th, or 90th birthday party. Graduation invitations? What about a June wedding invitation? But not all invitations are printed. Sometimes a friend may invite you for a play date or a sleepover for our younger members. For our older members, maybe a friend called you and invited you to come out to lunch with them. Or maybe someone invited you to come over for some beverages and some Braves baseball. Or maybe later this summer, someone will invite you to come over and watch the Olympics with them. Before we get into our sermon text, I want to give you just a little bit of background. Jesus has been preaching and teaching throughout the cities and towns of Galilee. Now, Galilee is in the northern part of the land of Palestine. And even though Jesus had taught the people who he really was, They still acted and treated Jesus like he was the circus come to town. In the words of our text, he wants them to reconsider who he really is the Messiah, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. Look at verses 25 to 26. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. Jesus is true God, true man in one person. In our text, he is speaking to his heavenly Father, according to his human nature. He praises his Father for all that he is doing. He praises him for his marvelous plan of salvation. And we can summarize that maybe into five points. The Son of God became a human being and lived a perfect life for us. He died the all-atoning death for us, He rose again from the dead for us. He ascended into heaven to rule all things for our good. And He has promised to come again to take us to be with Him in heaven. It sounds rather simple, doesn't it? Until we engage that sinful human reason and logic. How can a Jew who died on a cross 2,000 years ago pay for the sins that I committed yesterday or maybe the sins I committed this morning already or the sins I'm going to commit tomorrow? Sinful human logic would say, come on, get real. You expect me to believe that? And yet, what does the youngest Sunday school child know? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I am weak, but he is strong. And then later... He who died, heaven's gate to open wide. Look at verse 27. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son. And those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. We thank Jesus that He has given us His Holy Word in the Bible. So that we may know Him and His Heavenly Father. The Bible is an awesome book, isn't it? One author described it this way. The Bible is like a pool of water, shallow enough for a child to wade through on its way to heaven, deep enough for the scholar or theologian to drown in. Charles Spurgeon, the great English preacher, put it this way, Thousands are now happy in the Lord through receiving the gospel like little children while others who can always see difficulties or invent them as as far off as ever from any comfortable hope of salvation. And now, listen to this incredible invitation from Jesus the Christ. Come to me. These words may sound very familiar to some of us. And yet, do we have a clear picture of what Jesus is talking about here? What is a Y-O-K-E? Yoke. It's not the inside of an egg. It's a piece of wood that is contoured. And then it has two loops, either of wood or of rope, that is placed on the neck of oxen. And those oxen then are joined together side by side and there's a long shaft that goes back to the cart or to the plow. The yoke enables those two animals to work together to be more productive and to work in harmony. Jesus probably made many yokes for oxen as he was growing up, working with his father in his carpentry shop. For us, a modern picture perhaps is better captured not with oxen, but with the Budweiser Clydesdales. Those are some awesome animals, aren't they? One Clydesdale can pull 2,000 pounds, one ton. What do you think two Clydesdale can pull properly harnessed or yoked together? 27,000 pounds. Thirteen and a half and a half tons. Imagine being yoked together, not with an oxen or with a Clydesdale, but with Jesus the Christ. This is the invitation Jesus extends in our text. This is an incredible invitation. You see, Jesus doesn't offer to share our burden with us. He wants to remove the burden from our sin, from our guilt, from our daily stress. He's going to take all the weight of that upon himself. And yet he doesn't stop there. He is willing to even carry us. Listen to how Jesus describes himself in verse 29. For I am gentle and humble in heart. Jesus is the most understanding person in the universe. When Jesus says he is gentle, he lets us know that he is approachable. The natural posture for Jesus is not the pointing, accusing finger, it's arms extended and opened wide. When Jesus says he is humble, he is letting us know that he is accessible. We are Jesus' highest priority. Think of all the resplendent glory, dazzling holiness, his supreme uniqueness, and complete otherness. And yet, no one in human history has been more approachable or accessible than Jesus the Christ. Gentle and humble is who he is. Tender, open, welcoming accommodating, understanding, willing. If Jesus hosted his own personal website, if you can imagine that, www.jesusthechrist.com, and then you'd click on the About Me tab, the first thing you'd see in the drop-down, Gentle and Humble in Heart. And sometimes the burden seems too great, doesn't it? Just too heavy. I've recorded a number of statements that people have made to me over the years, especially in this past year of COVID-19. Oh, pastor, I know all of that, but what about right now? What about today? What about the burdens I carry with me every day? Chronic illness, never feeling just right, always in pain. Raising my children as a single parent. My marital problems are huge. The challenges of raising teenagers in the world we live in. And teenagers, I've heard you say this. Putting up with my parents. They are so old school. Pastor, you just don't know what it's like for me. I don't know if I'm going to have a job from one day to the next. Do you know how hard it is to work in that negative work environment? Pastor, have you looked at any of the prices of commodities today? Pastor, they're soaring from groceries to gravel, from lumber to linen. It's tough being single and very lonely. Pastor, getting old is hard and painful. You know, those people are all right. I don't know what it's like for them or for you on a daily basis. But I do know someone who does. Jesus the Christ, who is humble and gentle in heart. Happy Father's Day. Father's... Please teach your children that life is tough in the real world and that life is not fair. You don't always win. Sometimes you lose. Sometimes you don't get a trophy just for showing up. Fathers, let your children know That you are weary. That you are burdened. And let them know where you go. Teach them to accept Jesus' daily incredible invitation come to me. And then fathers, Show them the rest you receive from Jesus. There are a group of boys that were hanging out together and they started bragging about who their fathers knew. My father knows Freddie Freeman. My father knows the police chief. My father knows Trey Young. My father knows the fire chief. My father knows Governor Kemp. And one of the younger boys spoke up and said, My father knows Jesus. Would your son or your daughter brag that you know Jesus? Fathers, do your children see you reading the Bible? Do they see your hands folded and your head bowed as you pray each day? Fathers, I'm asking you to make a commitment today, not to me, but to your children and to Jesus Christ that your children will see you with an open Bible and praying hands. In 1876, the English government passed the Merchant Shipping Act. This act Declared that every single ocean-going ship had to have a mark on its bow. And so when the ship was loaded and that mark went below the water level, the crew had to unload enough cargo so that it was at the water level. It was called the Plimsoe Act named after the British representative who fought for that bill. You know, God has put a plimso mark on each one of us that beyond that limit, he will not let anything happen to us. I don't know about you, but in my life, sometimes I challenge Jesus if he really knows where the mark is. I remind him that the mark is here, not here. I can't breathe underwater. And even though we may think our ship is sinking, Jesus is faithful. And Jesus is gentle and humble in heart. Does it feel like your life (laughs) is at the plimsoll mark? You know, God graciously allows hardship to come into our lives. And that's right, I said graciously so that we might seek the only one who can truly help us, Jesus the Christ. My mother used to say, sometimes you have to be flat on your back Before you look up. When we seek Jesus in times of trouble, he takes us to his word. And I've recorded just a few verses for you. You say, I'm too tired. Jesus says, I will give you rest. You say, I'm all alone. Jesus says, I am with you always. You say, I don't know where to turn. Jesus says, I am the way. You say, I'm afraid. Jesus says, my peace I give you. You say, I can't forgive myself. Jesus says, I forgive you. You say, I have my doubts. Jesus says, whoever believes in me will never be put to shame. You say, I've had enough. Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for you. Reacting to this sufficiency of Jesus Christ, the 5th century Bishop St. Augustine wrote, Lord, you created us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. Please accept Jesus' incredible invitation today. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Amen.